This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show with, starting with... Ralph Tovesh, MD, Hackmaster. Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen. Andy Brant Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back after these messages from our faithful, wonderful sponsors. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road, if you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Well, we're back. The Tom Bernard Show without Tom Bernard. He's very, very Sans busy. Bernard. Sans Tom Bernard. He's out 
gallivanting around, <laughs> having important does. lunches, being a big shot as he does. A big cheese. The big cheese. Cheesy. So, uh, do we have guests? Um, actually, well, we <laughs> were going to have the OJ, we were going to have the OJ's on, but uh, Tom, it was a guest that I wanted to have for Tom because he loves that kind of music. Yes. So we'll reschedule them. Okay. But we'll have Gavin at twelve forty-five, who's going to be talking about Thanksgiving with Mr. Rogers. That's what they're coining November right now is Thanksgiving. Oh, because Mr. Rogers comes out on the twenty-second. Yes, okay. yes, and um, it's kind of become a thing. Like they're they're doing like kind of like at the Alamo Draft House, they're doing a Thanksgiving, so they're playing a bunch of Tom Hanks movies. Oh, okay, <laughs> stuff like that. So I think it's kind of cute. But yeah, we're gonna have Gavin Edwards who wrote the book Kindness and wonder why Mr. Rogers matters now more than ever. I Aww. agree with that. Yes, I love Mr. Rogers. I used, I know he was my nap time person. Like I would. When it was nap time, I would lay down with my blankie, and I'd watch Mr. Rogers, and probably about 40 minutes in, I was out. <laughs> he had a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Yes. Well, he had just such a calming effect for kids. Just, well, you know. Yeah, he had that minister's way minister. about him, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just like... He doesn't overreact to anything. Yeah, I know. It's like, does you know, he ever get mad? And he really did. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, um, he really did go about talking about some very interesting things. Like he had, um, who was the the guy that played the post, the mailman? Oh, he was God. a black Mr. guy, McFeely. right? Mr. McFeely. Or who no. was the, who was no, the black no, guy? No, you're you're thinking. You know, the, 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 <laughs> no, no, Mr. Lawrence Rogers. Fishbone, but he was the black postman. For Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're so mi- I'm getting so, everybody so you're mixing, mixed up. That's what happens when I don't. White and oh, he's the okay. poster. Who was the? There was a black guy. Yeah, and Mr. Rogers. Gay. Yeah, black and gay. And and they tried to out him and get him off the show. Hollywood was upset yeah. about him, and he about said what? about the fact and that he gay. was on the show. Gay and on the show. Yeah. And he and Mr. Rogers sat down and you know have that biblical thing. You wash each other's feet. Mm-hmm. He did that with him. They they were like, they were sitting there washing their feet as a as a big f u to all the people that didn't want him on the show. Mm. Well, yeah. I I don't That's know. Very, I mean, he was a he was a very so, progressive guy in that way. So, so if you look at what you know, so I see uh, B Fox, my grandson, has been watching a little bit of uh, uh, streaming <laughs> services on with a, with an adult, and that what he's been watching have been these animated shows mm-hmm. not mr Ro- and they have they have conflict in them they have hatred bigotry and everything are, are on these on these shows what shows oh like uh oh what's the one with the, the mexicans singing the man mexican dora? Ma- dora i hate dora. dora well but the thing <laughs> thing is if you look at all really? of those it's if you look horrible. at all of those it's movies overstimulating ridiculous if you look at all of those movies yeah they all have conflict they all have hatred. They all have bigotry. And a child may not be able to sort all those things out. Right. Whereas when he was watching, when Mr. Rogers was on or even Pee Wee's Playhouse, he was, they were just goofing off. Right. Even, even uh, Soupy Sales. I mean, he was a little bit adult in his own way, but he would just, he would, there was not, it was not hatred. You were not, you know, yelling at people. You weren't, you know, you didn't have that conflict. 
that you have in these movies or in the, even these newer kind of shows. Are you saying it's a good thing to have conflict? No, it's a bad thing. Okay. I think that Mr. Rogers, in his own way, was, you know, it's a nurturing kind of a thing to watch. Yes. Oh, yeah. You Definitely. And, it, and, it, and, it, and even though it was all positive, the thing is it was, it was a calming kind of a thing. Now you have all this activity and all of this. It's just all this spectacle when oh, yeah. you're trying to watch some of these kids' things. So many kids' shows are so ridiculous and just intense so over overstimulating it's ridiculous i mean i remember when you know andy was watching all this stuff you know spongebob is like maniacal it's hilarious but i don't really think it's it's for kids little kids it really shouldn't be for little kids but there it is until you're like 10 i would say and then ren and stimpy oh my god well that was for older no that was for older people kids not even kids, teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even te- even teenagers. And uh, what what is the know. what's one on Adult Swim uh, with Meatwad, Shake, and Fry? Uh, adult. Um, uh, no idea. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Aqua, <laughs> Aqua Team Hunger Force. Thank you, thank you, Andy. Yeah. I knew, I knew, well, I knew yeah. Aqua Team. I knew I knew the characters, oh, but sorry. I didn't know the name of it. Aqua Team Hunger Force. That's not for kids. Aqua Teen. Aqua Team mm-hmm. Hunger team. Force. Okay. And it's, yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's a hamburger. It's a hamburger, yes. a milkshake, and yes. a package of fries. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even really happy when The Simpsons came on and Andy was obsessed oh, yeah. with it. I was like, I don't really want this little bratty, no. mouthy, yeah. you know, Bart, Bart oh, you know, like, being an influence on, on that's you. That's like, there's this show for little kids called Caillou. Oh, God, and I hate so, Caillou. Like, so, Everyone you say hates Caillou, Caillou in front of some parents, and they're like, I hope he burns in hell. They're like... <laughs> Don't like I, I the nanny family I worked for. They were like, oh, he, they can oh. watch half an hour of TV a day, but she was like, not Kai. <laughs> what he's is a, it? He's a whiny she little was like, brat. She was like, my son watched Caillou twice, and he turned into a whiny little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Never watching Caillou again. Now, like, who oh who God. who puts that out? I have no idea. Uh, it was yeah. PBS. Mm. PBS, and it's designed for kids. Yeah, and it's everybody, a, all parents hate Caillou. That's weird. No, I, no, it isn't. Fawn just... doesn't watch much TV at all, but when she does, I have, like, four shows that I'm like, she can watch these four shows because they're very, like, calming. They just have, you know, like, let's work together towards a goal. Like There's Tumble not Leaf. tons of a Tumble Leaf, Puff and Rock, Llama Llama. It's all just, like... There's not like singing and dancing and music and flashing. It's just like we're all friends. And creatures and vomiting on this. each other. Yeah. It's like creatures we're all vomiting on Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, why? That's why you're so close minded. That's, that's the animal kingdom. Yeah. That's at like, you know, 14 maybe they can watch Ren and Stimpy, but not little kids. They yeah, shouldn't I be like, watching it. I mean, I just, I grew up in an era where, you know, anything animated was basically for kids. Yeah, for and kids. it was yeah. safe. And you now they have to worry. Cartoons and yeah. But, but even even Bugs Bunny and a lot of those, uh, Roadrunner, those things yeah. were a little violent. They were a little bit much for, you know. Yeah, I watched it. Entry level, look how we entry level out. eyes. <laughs> entry level eyes. We have to be careful with because I I see that I I don't watch that stuff anyhow. I just I see it. I watch about five minutes. I go, man, this is so you want, first of all, so stupid. You want to hear how bratty Caillou is? I mean, Caillou. just the, it's spelled weird too, right? Yeah, yeah it's spelled C A I L O. It's a I think it's a Canadian cartoon. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, this is this is why I didn't let my kids watch Caillou. If it's Don't gonna do that, Rosie. <laughs> He's 
He's got his bratty moments. <laughs> they have a bratty moments Beep, compilation. You broke my robe! just gets so like, Go me! Go play with your own toys! <laughs> Rosie! You just don't like the whiny voice. Well, and just like stuff that you don't want your kids to do. See, they can't. Like, Mom, stop! Get away from my stuff! Like, Ch yeah, <laughs> that's children. how they act. I know, but you don't want to. <laughs> but you don't want to exacerbate a problem. Children don't have a grasp on reality. No, they do not. They don't. They seem so to. So when they see something like time. this, they don't know what they should do or shouldn't yeah. do. It's something presented in front of them, and they go. It's like reading. It's like reading okay. Beatrix Potter. Lindsay says, here, read this to the kids. It's horrible. Oh, and I started reading Beatrix Potter. Not, I go, I'm not, not going to. Like, this, this, woman, this woman's are mentally ill. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. No I, I said, I'm not reading it because they're screwed yeah. up as it is. They have no concept oh, yeah. of what's what. And yeah. you're reading some bizarre. And it didn't make sense. It yeah. didn't make sense to me. They're getting murdered and having kids with their no. cousins and, and stuff. I, I was, and you know, yeah. no. So that, no, be, yeah. no, that's gone. Yeah. So, you know, no. The beloved no, series, no. English no, I, had a, I had a friend who lives in England. When I was pregnant with Fawn, one of my baby shower gifts from her was the all of the Peter Rabbit books and stuff on CD. She's like, you could listen to it in your car and listen to it, blah, blah, blah. And so when Fawn was a teeny tiny infant, I was like, oh, we'll listen to these nice stories and she can take a nap and whatever. And I was like, what is going on? This stuff the, is dark. Yeah, see, I just, so I... Most of that stuff, and most of, the, I don't know, yeah, kids should be outside playing and outside in the grass, uh, play I in mean, the grass, play in the snow, well, be reading outside. Reading is good. Re yes, they reading, should be outside. Read reading is exceptional, in, but still, you have to be careful what you're reading because yeah. these things are. And most of the time, I pick up the book. I don't have my glasses. I can't read. I make up a story. I open it. I make up a story. I just make it up. Oh, you just look at wait. the pictures. Make oh, it up. Just wait. You know, and, and Fun. I said, and if I skip a page in a book, she knows. Like accidentally, <laughs> she's like, "You missed this." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh. She, and she has so many freaking books. Yes. I did, well, she confessed to me that she had to have all of her books removed from her room because she had, was not being kind to her books. No. <laughs> I took all of her Good. books out Good. of her room Good. because natural they're all stacked up in Sagey's room. Natural yeah. consequences. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Wonderful. I took them Perfect. all out. Because she was, she was ripping pages out. Like, so there's, you know, there's the cover of the book. Yeah. And then there's the, like, dedication page where there's, like, nothing on it. And then there's, like, the beginning of the book. She was ripping all the dedication pages out because she's like, because I want to see. The is, story. Is, and that, like, Fun, is, is that from that? She watched a cartoon that they said, I ripped the a library book. book. No, that was from Up. Up says that. So, so there you go. Uh, so there you, so you think she, that's, that's, there's behavior yeah. in those she, things. And they yep. don't know that that's yep. unacceptable. You know, yep. and you project onto your child that they know. They're lost. I mean, B yeah. Fox, has, he has no concept of what's going on. Every time you say B Fox, I think Beef Ox. <laughs> Every time. Like, What's well, a that, oh, that, oh, but that's a good, that's thank you. That's a good iteration because that's certainly it's a DJ name. So B E E F O X would yeah. be a great DJ name. Yeah, B Fox. That's what I hear. Yeah, B Fox. Whenever, I, yeah. whenever, ever anybody yeah, We're still working on C Riv. So. Oh yeah, C Riv. But yeah, the yeah. So she ripped all the like out of four books. She did it, and I was like. If you do this, if I see you ripping another book, I am going to have to take all of your books away because you need to be respectful of your things. Right. And you can have them as long as you're respectful to them. She goes, okay. And then I, she did it again. And I was like, they're all gone. And she freaked out. 
You were at our house when I took nice. them all out. Oh, is that what was going on up there? Oh, yeah. good. Uh-huh. I took all of her books out and put them in Sage's room. And I was she like, was having quite the day. And I was like, and you can have books added as long as you show that you're going to be respectful to to your books. And so I will slowly add go. books into her room. And I don't know what's really good going on with kids right now. A friend of mine who shall be nameless, her granddaughter, has been called a complete asshole by her mother. She's like, my daughter is now a complete a-hole. She's having an hour temper tantrum in her room every night. Good. Three and a half, four, around there. Just absolutely Fawn was having fun that night that she was so bad. Yeah, she had a psycho night. I was gone for four days. Dan then was gone for four days. It was just a lot of, you know. Our family wasn't together, and it was weird. And well, they do we were at your house for two days. They do thrive so on schedules. schedules. Yeah. yeah, and her that week was very, very weird for her, so it was just kind of... <laughs> they thrive you know, we, on normalcy and schedules, and you watch most of these videos, and it's not normalcy and schedules. Yeah. It's clear. There's a prop... So all, most of that stuff's garbage. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree. agree. A lot yeah. of it is garbage. Like, when other, sometimes you just need a break, man. When other people watch <laughs> my kids, like when she watches both the kids, I'm like, okay, so Fawn can watch a 20-minute show while you put Sage to bed. So then she's not, like, juggling whatever because she's not used to doing the two kids in bed and whatever, and she watches them, like, she puts him to bed like once a month, so it's like I love putting show. I love putting Fawn to bed. She always wants a story, and I can just make up anything. Yeah, once a time, once upon a time, there was a boy named Andy, and there was a girl named Melissa, and they grew up, and they met, and they got married, and then they went on their honeymoon to the Dakotas. The end. She's like, like say it, tell me it again. Forget <laughs> <laughs> the basic plot. I, I told you, you have to remember it now so you can tell it to yourself as you go to sleep. I never remember. And I make up songs all the time. And, Perfect. She's, and she'll Perfect. be singing it to me. And I'm like, I sang that song? I don't remember Good. doing that. So there you go. She doesn't need to have it read a second time. She does remember it. Yeah. She does yeah. remember it. Oh, yeah. sure. her memory's a steel trap. Yeah. The stuff that she remembers, I'm like, what? Like, we hadn't been to gymnastics in months. And months and we went yesterday and she was like julia had a birthday here which was a year and a half ago oh my god that yeah. is amazing that they remember that yeah. stuff it's funny because they say that at three years old that's when your early memories start to fade but apparently not that one nope because that was yeah tearing down the building it yeah, was, if the audience can hear this, uh, I, they must be remodeling upstairs. We're not under yeah, attack. We need yeah. to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? (laughs) Real nice. Chuck (laughs) Nabla. Chuck (laughs) Nabla. 
If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Oh, apparently we have our guest. Oh, no, not yet. Oh. We just have Mr. Rogers. Oh, I thought maybe. Mr. Rogers. This neighborhood, not the neighborhood. Yeah. I know, it's one of those things where you... I swear I said it this way. Well, I've never known the words to any song except for happy birthday in my life, so... I just loved how Mr. Rogers would flip his shoes around. Yep. And put on that beautiful blue cardigan. (laughs) The powder blue cardigan. I never really, I never watched oh, no. it much. I don't remember anything. Oh, oh you'd no. feed the fish. Oh, bless you. Yeah, he would go. Oh, yeah, let's see. Let me see if I can remember his routine. He'd walk into the door, and then he would feed the fish. Do you know why I he would he always say, his... I'm feeding yeah. the fish? Why? Because there was a blind girl that watched, listened to Mr. Oh. Rogers, and she wrote in, and he didn't say anything about the fish for a while, so she was like, I'm concerned that the fish are going to die. You keep oh. forgetting to feed the fish. And so every single time he'd say, I'm feeding the fish, so she wouldn't be worried about feeding Oh, that's fish. so cute. What was that movie about him? It There's was been a, a couple, but yeah. There the was just most one like last, one. yeah, last oh, kind of like year. A, do- a documentary. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. What's this? It one? was called "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." And it, it talked about that people turned against him for a while, and they were demonizing people, Mr. Rogers. People like, turn yeah. against everything. <laughs> it was just like, what do you got to do? Yeah, there was a beautiful to have day in the neighborhood. Nice to you. There was "Won't You Be My Neighbor," and then there was "America's Favorite Neighbor." Mm-hmm. So it was, it was the last one. At least three. It was the last. It was the most a beautiful, recent a beautiful one. day is the one that came out this year in yeah. oh like two weeks. Never mind. It comes no, out in two weeks. That's <laughs> yes. the Tom Tom Hanks one. Yes. Is that that's the third one? Uh, or is that the fourth one? Among the ones that I could find so far, yeah, that's the third one. But. Yeah, I'm sure more, there's been more. Yeah, this was like more of like a documentary. I think you told us about yes, that, I did. Alex. I can't remember what it's called though. It was at least at least a year ago. Maybe. Uh, you're probably thinking of "Won't You Be My Neighbor"? That was yeah. 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then that was talking yeah. about how you know he was getting flack for having a gay guy on his show and a black guy on his show, and people were pushing back about something else. He was was he political? Was no, he? there was something about he was pro PBS funding. That's the main political thing. I'm yeah, because he he went ab- yeah. went in front of a committee. Yeah, all uh, right. Um, I think it was a congressional committee or something like that, because I think they were trying to defund public programming. And he, Is he that came, why people turned on him, though? I can't remember what the whole well, thing was all about. He, but people were getting yeah, really mean to him. Of course, he's, he's going he's to go up and defend it, because that's his paycheck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's secondary gain on his part. 
Absolutely. But I think he was he was trying to stress that this is important for children for education and stuff like that. Uh, and our government, that's in our government should be educating our children. Yeah. Well, and he probably was come, you know, going up against the fact that other people were starting to get into children's entertainment and getting more hyper and crazy, and maybe mm-hmm. he was losing some. I'm sure he was at the you know, end. viewership too. And maybe he had a sense that that wasn't correct. You know, maybe he had a vision that that wasn't correct, and maybe he was right. And Mr. Rogers' neighborhood went until. 2001 so you know by then the simpsons was there family guy was there spongebob was there all those cartoons we were talking about right. had the infiltrated and <laughs> taken well, over the market and when, when were did, come and gone when did, right. and yeah. were gone by then yeah when did nickelodeon come into existence at, oh, at least the 80s early. if not earlier was that the 80s yeah the disney channel was that was probably late the late 80s i think Maybe, yeah. maybe late 80s. No, because they had I remember Mickey Radio Mouse Disney. Club and all that. Well, yeah. Oh, Nickelodeon was 77. Yeah. Oh, really? That old? Who knew? Yeah. Disney Channel was 83. 83. Everything's earlier than we thought. And is Nickelodeon part of Disney now? I don't no. think so. No, Nickelodeon is separate. Yeah, they're okay. separate. I think Nickelodeon made so much money in the 80s and 90s that they own. Are they Oh, part no, of... they're owned by Viacom. Which, right, right, right. That's right. Uh, okay. Let's see. Viacom also owns MTV, Comedy Central, VH1, BET, Logo. So, yeah. They're part of a gigantic, massive conglomerate. Yeah. Like everything is. Like everything. Although I do love SpongeBob. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, I love that little sponge. And I- it, it is hyper, but we, I can't believe we, it's still going. I know it's crazy. We always seem to refer to some episode of SpongeBob. Yeah. The one where the one where the ghost ship was coming in oh, yeah. and SpongeBob <laughs> was getting it to parallel park, and it's just ripping the crap out the of the side. And he's like, "We're good. We're, we're good. good. You're good." And it's just tearing the it's ship just, apart. Yeah, it's just one of those dumb humor shows that I, I, I just found because he. Uh, my oldest boy, I always referred to him as kind of my human form, version of SpongeBob. He was just so happy about stuff all the time, no matter what. So, oh. yeah, the oh, guest is calling, calling in. Right in. Now. Oh. But uh, let me answer this, but talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, and uh, when he, when Pat, Patrick, every once in a while, you'll see somebody that looks just like Patrick. Sure <laughs> you just love me. You're like, he looks like, and I was like, Patrick Starr. She's like, yes! (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. There was just something about SpongeBob that my kids really like. So that was like one show that we would sit down and watch together, you know, cartoon-wise. That was really the only one we ever watched. Otherwise, they, you know, they were playing with cars or something like that. So Yeah, Yeah, but if you just listen to it, it, you know, and not really pay attention to it, it is very hyper and... Well, yeah. Very of course crazy. it is. We have our guest. We sure do. We have Gavin Edwards. Hey, Gavin, are you there? Hello. It might be just a little delay because they're connecting the call. Oh, oh so. okay. So are the OJs not calling in? No, no. They're, we were scheduling them till for next week. So okay. right. We talked about that, Andy. Yeah, so we have uh, Gavin oh, on the line. Hi, Gavin. This is Catherine. How are Hello. you? Hi, we have Gavin Edwards here uh, promoting his book, Kindness and Wonder, Why Mr. Rogers Matters More Now Than Ever. We were just all, all talking about Mr. Rogers and the fact that some of us had watched that documentary and 
just how meaningful that show is to so many people. There, are you there? Gavin? Did we lose Gavin? Yes, I'm here. Ah, there you are. Are we on? I'm hearing you just a... Were you, did you hear any of my <laughs> talking about your book? I think Gavin uh, maybe, broken. Maybe we uh, need so another... Uh, maybe we need you to call back. I don't think the connection's very good. Yeah, I'm sorry. You sound like you're coming through a towel. I'm just having a very hard time hearing you. Okay, why don't we um, hang I'll, up I'll and... I'll call you back. Perfect. I, I can reconnect. That would be wonderful. I think some of it was that it wasn't in the form of a question. I don't know if he knew that he was supposed to answer that. Um, it was. Uh, it, I was not sure if we were on the air, but I was only picking out every other word. Yeah, uh, he, he's not hearing. Okay. So. Hang on, hang on, Gavin. I'll reconnect. Yeah, that happens. Connections do that a lot. Yeah, especially on those conference calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they connect the call. Well, it's because oh. a conference call. Every person on there has a little bit less bandwidth to. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought they hear. usually connected and then hung up. No, nope. I don't know. I don't listen think to so. the entire. I don't know how interview. agents work. So, okay. but anyway, but yes. anyway, we'll be talking about Mr. Rogers again. We're gonna stay in that Mr. Rogers, you know, theme and just stay calm and just yeah. <laughs> roll mm-hmm. with it. Oh, it's unfortunate that we couldn't take that call right now, but. <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> I'm feeding the dog now. Yeah. Oh, here feeding we go. Let's see fish. if this will work. Okay, let me get it going. Gavin, are you there? Okay. Gavin's here. Gavin? Hello. Can you hear us better now? That's better. Hello. Oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Oh, good. Yeah, Andy, if you could turn his volume up a little bit. There we go. Okay. Hi there. We've got Gavin Edwards on the line. He's promoting his book, Kindness and Wonder, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever. Um, We were just talking about Mr. Rogers quite a bit because we were anticipating your interview here. Why does Mr. Rogers matter now more than ever? Well, I feel like... You know, sort of, you can feel it in the air that uh, just like the world has gotten like nastier and cruder and louder yes. and just meaner. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of it's in like the drumbeat of the daily news and that sort of permeates into, you know, sort of like everyday life where it just feels like a constant assault. And, you know, like Mr. Rogers uh, had some just like deep fundamental uh, lessons to teach us, uh, that, you know, sort of like. And a lot of it was, like, slow down, you know, sort of, like, embrace, the, the, like, who you are and the people around you. Be kind to each other. And, like, that's what we need to hear right now. I agree wholeheartedly. We talk about this on the show all the time, how nasty uh, social media has gotten and just the news and politicians are horrible to each other. It's just a sad world out there. So do you see a replacement for Mr. Rogers, or is it just sort of a movement that you're thinking that we could all do together? I don't know. I have no uh, person would say, like, I don't think there's ever going to be another Mr. Rogers, that he was such a unique talent. Uh, uh, you know, he had all these different skills ranging from, you know, sort of like puppetry to music to his television ability that all came together at, like, exactly the right moment as, you know, sort of, like, the public television was starting, and he, just through stubbornness, he made, you know, sort of a show that had never been there before. But 
uh, you know, you do see, like, he's not the only person who's ever tried to make the world a better place. Uh, you know, one of his uh, precepts uh, is that, you know, like in times of disaster, when you see, you know, like, the, a car crash on TV or a burning building, look for the helpers. There are always going to be uh, people who are, like, in that image, you know, whether it's firemen or uh, emergency uh, medical technicians who are, who are coming in to help other people. And, you know, sort of that's certainly true today. And, you know, Mr. Rogers fundamentally was a helper. Uh, and there's other people now who can be helpers, too. That's interesting. We were talking about other children's programming right now and how it's just gotten to be so hyper and loud. And the, the kids that are usually the stars are obnoxious and they don't listen and they're mean to each other. It's just, why do you think that entertainment for children has gone that way? Um, well, uh, I think uh, that, you know, sort of people feel like this is what you need to do to get kids' attention. Um, that, you know, sort of like you've got to have like sort of like the quick editing that you would have on, you know, sort of like a commercial for breakfast cereal. And, you know, sort of if it's not sort of like sassy and hip uh, and, you know, sort of like uh, uh, attitudinal, then like kids aren't going to respond to it. And it was so amazing, you know, like... Even, uh, you know, in his heyday, like, uh, you know, Fred Rogers was cutting against that. You know, he was uh, willing to, like, have a segment of a show where he would just fill up a fish tank with a hose full of water. And <laughs> it would take three, four minutes, yeah. mostly silent. And, uh, you know, he just sort of trusted that, you know, like, hey, we're not going to cut away. We're not going to jazz this up. You know, we're not going to have, like, sort of tap dancers come in, you know, sort of like... Uh, and it was, it's calming still to watch the show in a way that, you know, many other TV shows then and now aren't. Uh, they, you know, sort of, uh, there's something that you feel enveloped in, you know, that sort of, like, peaceful nature and in his love. Do you think that Mr. Rogers would survive today? I, well, I mean, he did survive for decades and decades. It wouldn't be, he was very good at just, uh, you know, sort of, Fluffing off the parts of the world um, uh, that he thought like was not beneficial to children, and focusing on uh, like uh, what he thought was best. So I don't know if anybody could get a show like that started now. But if he were still around, uh, like you know, he is the person who would just sort of like put his head down and insist this is the way it should be done and make it happen. So you talked about the production of these uh, shows, the current uh, shows for children, where it has to be fast cuts and it has to be you know, all sorts of colors and all sorts of activity and things like that. What age group is that being edited for? Because my contention is between age about one and a half and about four, they don't know what that is. What, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't care. They don't, that's not important to them. They're just watching some movement and a quieting kind of a thing would be very beneficial for the younger people and for the parents. Right. And just like sometimes they're just responding to like, hey, like brightly colored stuff on uh, TV. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not up on all the latest studies, but I've certainly seen uh, said that you just like, you know, the very youngest children under two really shouldn't have any screen time at all. Um, uh, that, you know, it just sort of like, it does them much better to like just not be watching TV until they get older. Well, I, 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 everywhere I go, I see parents looking at their phone. They're out to dinner. 
-hmm. Their children are either watching a movie with headphones on, so they're not engaging at all in their surroundings when they're out to dinner. It's like, why go out? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I know. I know it is very I weird. I mean, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very, uh, you know, distractions are everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, so if we live in an ADHD world, and, uh, you know, I've, I'm as, I find it as tempting as anyone. Uh, that I've always been the sort of person who's been reading, like, six books at once. You know, sort of like I read a chapter of one, and then I skip over to the next, and it's very easy to feel like, oh, uh, you know, sort of like I'm plugged into like lots of different things. I've got this like real breadth of knowledge, and that's like exciting. But one of the, the fundamental lessons that you know, sort of like Mr. Rogers believed and preached, and it's one that's hard for me to hear, but I really try. But he said, "Be deep and simple." Um, and he so strongly believed that, you know, sort of like strip out the complexities, you will find more by being deep and simple. And many of the most rewarding things in my own life come when I put that into action. When I sit down and I work on one project like a, jo uh, like a book for a sustained period of time, or the bonds I have with my family, or like when I'm settled down in a neighborhood. And so... Everything in the world is telling you do the opposite, being you know sort of like shiny and complicated and uh, uh, scattered. But uh, I really try to take be deep and simple and put it into action. We need to take a quick break. Can you stay with us? Do you have more time, or do you need to move on? I would on? be happy to. Okay, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Gavin Edwards. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that due to the tremendous results and success from hundreds of people like me, that the 40-day Ultimate Weight Loss Program powered by Nutrimost has opened a second location, conveniently located in Edina at France Avenue and 494. With this program, you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds in just 40 days. If you're serious about losing weight, feeling years younger and healthier, then this is for you. Ultimate's plan is the only weight loss plan to be strong, science certified for efficacy and safety. Schedule an immediate consultation in their newly dyna location or in Plymouth or attend their free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, October 14th at Tavern on France Avenue in Edina. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutrimost Weight Loss Programs. See website for full disclaimer details, ultimatewl.com. Okay, we're back with Gavin Edwards. He's uh, promoting his book, Kindness and Wonder, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever. Uh, I see you've written quite a few books. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. We're at 11. 11 books. You are really a prolific True. writer. <laughs> He's written for the New York Times, <laughs> Wired, Billboard, GQ, and appeared on television programs including The Today Show, Entertainment Tonight, and Jeopardy. He's also moonlighted as a game designer, a photographer, and a demolition derby driver. Mm -hmm. Had a very interesting mm -hmm. life. 
and now you're writing a yeah, book it's, about. Uh, it's been fun. I've gotten to do a lot of have a lot of adventures. Uh, you know, usually when I'm writing about it, it's been nice uh, to have uh, you know sort of some things that I do, and then sometimes just you know sort of getting to like be in the world of somebody else, uh, like uh, Fred Rogers or Bill Murray yes, or uh, Tom Hanks, and really just sort of immerse myself into their world. Walter Mitty esque. Yes. Do you know it's interesting? We've been talking about Mr. Rogers being, you know, the, or the series of the the programming being non-existent or not available now. But is there is it still available? And is there still viewership? Do some parents who have watched Mr. Rogers have their children sure. watch it now? Um, so um, the show itself is no longer in uh, rotation on most PBS stations. Um, um, it is uh, there's lots of DVD sets. Uh, most of them, you know, sort of uh, very affordable. And it also is streaming on Amazon Prime. Not uh, every episode ever, but dozens and dozens, as many as you could really ever ask for. Um, and you know, its uh, successor is a uh, show called uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, yes. uh, which is made by uh, the production company uh, that also made uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And it's uh, it's a cartoon. You know, it's uh, uh, I don't. Uh, Love it the same way as I uh, did Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, but they're definitely trying to sort of like keep the same spirit going. Yeah, Alex Vaughn watches Daniel Tiger, right? Every once in a while, yes. I love Daniel Tiger. It is very, yeah, it's very <laughs> calm and sweet. And my boys watched it. They learn good lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Bo- it's uh, you can see that you know they've learned from uh, the master uh, that you're like okay. I, you know, it's a hard thing. Everyone answers this question differently for themselves. You know, like, if you believe in, like, what Mr. Rogers taught you, what's the best way of implementing it in the 21st century? Well, he's certainly, I mean, I, my kids watched him growing up. Everybody seems to have a, a soft spot for Mr. Rogers. It seemed like there was all, all of a sudden, when my kids were little, a divide between the Sesame Street kids <laughs> and the Mr. Rogers kids. And it wasn't necessarily always an age thing. It was m- primarily, I think, a personality yeah, I mean, thing. And they, were, they came on the air around the same time. Um, and they had you know, sort of a friendly rivalry, like even behind the scenes. Uh, that, you know, and it's interesting because uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, sort of firmly believed um, that his... Uh, focus on, like, sort of emotional growth was more appropriate for preschool children than, like, drilling them on letters and numbers. But he respected that, like, they're, that they're, they had good intentions and uh, that, you know, they also, like, made a contribution. So he would never say an unkind word about them. Uh, but uh, he actually once had uh, a big bird visit the show um, and uh, came into the neighborhood of make-believe. And uh, perhaps tellingly, uh, uh, the week that he came to visit the show was uh, when the theme of the week was competition. I have I had a friend who was a teacher in an inner city school, and she used to show those kids um, really old shows like Leave It to Beaver, and they would cry. Okay. They would watch these shows and cry because it was a world that they couldn't even understand i mean it was like a really tough neighborhood where you know you didn't really have the support of a family a lot of times mm-hmm. so i you know i mean mr rogers basically brought that kind of supportive message to everybody as well yeah you definitely felt 
like, he was just a very loving person. Like, I'd watch it. I'd feel so loved and calmed. And I'm just like, it was almost like he was giving you a hug with his words. I don't know. It, there was something about Mr. Rogers that that was wonderful and just, you know, it was like you, you wanted to have him in your home every day as yeah. a family member, you know. But uh, right. I don't know. And, and I think, you know, sort of, and you did have him in your home, and now you have him in your heart. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's sort of one of the things I really hope uh, that, you know, sort of the book helps, like, reawaken in people is, you know, sort of, it's easy to, you know, sort of, he means so much to you because, like, he gave you that daily hug. Mm-hmm. And just remembering that that's there, uh, you know, like, you know, most people don't think about it, like, when they're 16 or 17 or even when they're uh, 26. But, like, be reminded of what he meant to you and say, how do I then, like, reflect that out and, you know, sort of, like, help, the, you know, sort of, like, take what I learned from him and apply it to the world around me. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the fact that, you know, he... He played uh, with your imagination as a child, and like we were talking about with the nurturing, all that stuff for developmental children. I mean, those years before even six, seven years old, that's all fundamentally important stuff so that people can learn to get along. I mean, we just live in such a contentious world right now where everybody, mm-hmm. I want the credit, and I want this, and I, you know, it's well, just Well, why haven't sad. some of those lessons carried on into social media and the, and the, and the emotional and intellectual violence that you see in social media. Why well, is it not Mr. carried Rod- forward? Mr. Rogers went off the air before Twitter. <laughs> I know, but, 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 the, but the minds that were touched by him are now on, the, the last minds that were touched by him are now on social media, and, you know, you have all this emotional violence. There's no there's no uh, buffering of that uh, sort of stuff. He went well, off the air when? 20, what did you say? 2001. 2001. 2001, so. so t- well, it's kind of that out of sight, out of mind thing. If, you, if you're not... If you don't have that daily kind of affirmation of somebody like a Mr. Rogers, you kind of lose it, you know. But you, you, you said that an adult would need Mr. Rogers to tell them not to <laughs> a be. A lot of adults need jerk, Mr. Rogers yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of people that aren't on Twitter for these very reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and maybe that's the answer is the people that are not on Twitter are the people who have carried forward Mr. Rogers' sort of values exactly. and his approach, approach to life. Yeah. Because Twitter is certainly not a Mr. Rogers vibe. I mean, later <laughs> in his life, uh, Mr. Rogers like uh, would speak at a lot of college graduations, and uh, you know, even when he wasn't doing uh, the show in the final couple of years of his life, he basically tried to remind adults of the lessons that he had taught. Um, and you know, sort of, uh, you know, people get on Twitter, and you know, it's not his fault that they're not always uh, thinking about uh, what they taught. But like, you know, sort of, uh, every now and then you do see like moments of kindness on Twitter, like sort of like, like a flower growing out of the crack of a pavement or something. Yeah, and so, you know, sort of, I think the thing is to, like, embrace that moment and water that flower and uh, try to do what you can. Yeah, we all get confused when somebody's nice on Twitter, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just, it, it, it's a sad world, but, and I agree, we do need Mr. Moore, Mr. Rogers more in our lives. We're talking to Gavin Edwards. He's written a book called Kindness and Wonder, why Mr. Rogers matters now more than ever. He's an accomplished writer, and you can get your, his uh, this book at Amazon and everywhere. I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everywhere books are sold. Do you have a Do you have a website you'd like to promote? Um, uh, I have a website. The easiest way to get to it is GavinEdwards.com, 
And ironically enough, I am on Twitter. <laughs> so hopefully not in a hostile way. Um, and Mr. Davinet, M-R-G-A-V-I-N-E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Great. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Well, good luck with the book. Thank you for a lovely conversation. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, there's somebody who's carrying the Mr. Rogers philosophy. I know. I love it. I mean, I really do because, I mean, it's it's interesting. Tom and I, every once in a while, every fall, for some strange reason, we decide we're going to go back to church. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't usually last long. No, it does. Like twice (laughs) a year, you're like, we're going to church for two weeks. I know because you start feeling like. You know, it's like you just you're driving down the street and everybody is just they're swerving around and they're not even paying attention that there's other people on the road and you go into a grocery store and people are cutting in front of you and they're bumping and people and you go on social media and people are mean. I mean, we've had some wonderful experiences. We had that smile network thing at our house. People couldn't have been nicer. We raised a lot of money for charity. We go to these things and people are doing wonderful work for lots of things, but it just seems like the day-to-day living, just people just are getting less kind to each They're other. They're becoming mm-hmm. more and more New Yorkish. And it's, it's you know what, when, when we were spending a lot of time in New York, I never had any problems with anybody from New York. They were all helpful. <laughs> it's like if you got on a subway and you were like, hey, did I do the right thing? People would be helpful they'd say oh you should get off here and go right across there and uh, i never had any problems with any one old man i was trying to find the money in my purse to get out of the cab and he was hitting me in my shins with his cane because oh <laughs> i wasn't hurrying fast enough that Those was the only lovely. jerk of all the time that i spent in manhattan that anybody was ever mean to me yeah i don't have the experience that you and dad do with people being horrible constantly like but my life is not filled with me being irritated by people's behavior like you guys so are you on do. twitter no well oh, yeah that's be, for dad it's, Dad's the, not it's on literally twitter. all the news mm-hmm. he, does dad, him, he does he it does to himself it to it's himself. because he, he won't stop watching fox yeah. and cnn he does it to himself he and it's, watch but the news i have like, i have very good experiences with people the vast majority of my experiences with other human beings are very but, positive. But to his defense, that puts food on the table. I mean, that's kind of his work. That's kind of part of what he's doing. I mean, this that's a true. key part of, of Well, of and, it, and we're involved with other people at such a different level. I mean, we have got all kinds of different things going on. And when somebody screws something up, they screw something up, it, it turns into a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of different moving parts in our lives. And if somebody's a jerk or drops the ball or something, it's just we always have to pick it up and we have to do it and we have to figure out what went wrong. And we it's just it's a kind of a I think it's a different thing. And you get to probably spend more time with people that are uh, supportive and helpful to you because you know you you're you're bringing people into your life that are helping you. With you don't have subordinates care. or business interests or. or mm-hmm. I have two subordinates. And I think with I think with Tom too, I think his 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 issue with people is that when they drop the ball or make a mistake, they just don't care. Oh yeah. I think that's what irritates them because people make mistakes. People, you know, it happens, but the, there's a lot of and it's a lot of millennials. I hate to say it, but they just don't care. Oh well, I screwed up. You deal with it. But but what type he, of thing? Or being attacked on social media because of just of something stupid. It, mm-hmm. You know, it gets old. And, and the and the cost the the cost 
for all of us, particularly for you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there's the emotional piece to that. I mean, we oh, talked yeah. off air. Wears on you have, you have yeah. a common friend right. that has, has had a serious issue in his life, and the emotional piece for is is a real thing. And and anytime someone drops the ball, it's not just the extra work, but it's the emotional piece being let down and that sort of stuff. Which you know you may be you may be following Mister Rogers, but when someone else doesn't follow Mister Rogers and doesn't care, it's a huge burden with that. Well, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's like so. Dad, like with this person, this person that He's we were not here. talk about. No, dad. Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm saying with the person that we were talking about, where it's like dad did a nice thing for this person, and this person was very ungrateful for it. Mm-hmm. To dad, it's I did all this stuff to go out of my way and help him, and he doesn't even care. And why does I ever do anything good for anybody? That's how dad views it. Whereas other people mm-hmm. might be like. You know, oh, well, you know, he clearly doesn't care, and that's too bad, but I did my part to put more positivity in the world and show someone that I care about them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree, but when it happens over and over and I know, but over, hey, like maybe... almost every time you're nice to somebody. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know, get cynical. The, the no, yeah. the no but, good but, deed goes unpunished thing gets really... I, I, and I'm, I'm not going to young shame, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> add, add, add about, uh, you know, 100 experiences and 30 years of life, and you're like, oh. oh here well, we go again. Here you go again. Oh, exactly. it's the same thing. You've done yeah. this. It's the same cycle, it seems. It just seems that way. Uh, that's well, why. so, but that's, you know, your, how you feel about things is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you perceive it. Yeah, but you'll perceive it differently once you've had multiple experiences. Yes, yeah, life experience. Multiple times. I'm, I just, I just, right. I just putting that out there. I'm just saying that that's a possibility because you get, you do get cynical, you get jaded when you see this thing, certain behaviors over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you just say, oh well, yeah, there you go. And especially when you see, you know, mistakes being made that are so horrible like with addiction or whatever. And it's like you try to support them and not be a codependent and not be an enabler and be a supportive person. And that type of person just keeps crapping all over every effort that you make. It gets Well, but I mean addiction, mm-hmm. it gets you can't, sad. That's your honestly, it gets if sad. you are trying to put on someone with an addiction problem that they are going to give half of a shit about anything except for what they're addicted to, that's your own fault. Yeah, pretty much. That's your own fault for helping a friend? No, it's your own fault for thinking that they are going to do anything to... Or care about your efforts. Yeah, it's like, I mean... That's true. So if they don't care, then why would you care for them? Because it's just nice to care about people. Okay, well then you're... I mean, like, look, I mean, not that Dad was like this crazy drunk man all the time or anything but when he was drinking and how many conversations did you have with him about you know you need to change your behavior and this isn't good and we have young kids and all this stuff it's just like well that's also a marriage and a family though well yeah when we're talking yeah. about just like casual acquaintances you have zero reason to care yeah and that and that's and so so then that sterilizes you, you know, I mean, if you don't care about somebody if you don't care what they do in the response to what you do then why would you why, why are you putting the energy into this yeah okay, it's my why Just for you the put, good of humanity okay yeah, and that, that that that's a good thing but there's other humanity that's better that you could put that same energy to and do get far more multiple multiplier of your goodness and kindness 
It's like trying well, yeah, to but put it's out not a fire a, in a house that has an electrical problem versus yeah, just building doing, a new house. Doing good things to get good back doesn't always make sense either. Like you don't well, do good, good things. Well, that's how it's supposed so get, to work. But it's not. It is but supposed to but work. But it isn't. That a, way. It isn't a balanced system. It's not. I'm not being like, oh, I'm going to be good, so good will happen to well, me. Karma isn't, is supposed to be. It is no, supposed it is. to be a balanced system. It so you, is, so you want to do but good? But I'm not. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm going to adopt a dog so someone will give me money. Like it's just like I'm going to adopt a dog because. It's a no, nice but, thing but, to do. To and, you, and, dog you, home. and you get the unconditional love from the dog. Yeah, yes. and you want a dog. You, you get, so, so, so you, do you get are getting something, something good it. back yeah. from that. So you are getting something good back from that kindness. And you get you the know? and you get the and, good and, feeling and, and, that you did that's something right. kind. Well, like, that's opening, right. Okay, that was a bad analogy. No, no, it's a great analogy. Opening a door for somebody that you you're walking into a building, you just open the door for them. They can say thank you. They cannot say thank you. I don't care. I know, and Dad will. And he, they didn't even for, say thank you. It's like, <laughs> whatever, just well, open the door to be nice. That's because it all it all builds up. It all piles, piles up. Everybody, you know, you, you go through a lot of stuff, a lot of crap. The, the, the shit pile gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden you're just no, like, I can't take and, any and of it anymore. You step it. <laughs> exactly. You, you can't get it off it. your shoe anymore. It's in the tread forever. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just I just watched something the other day that was like <laughs> The dog dirt's in the tread of the shoe. For the forever. rest of time. And the rest of your life. Get rid of the smell either. I just no, I just watched something that had a really good analogy in it. This woman in the show was like, Life is a big shit storm and you have to grab as many you have to stay as clean as you can and grab as many gold bars as you can. And it was and the guy was like, How can you stay clean in a shit storm? And the woman was like, You can't. So don't bother trying. But you just have to try to grab as many gold bars as you can. Like try to get as much good out of it as you can, but you can't be like this. Don't wait a second. Let's let let clean let, let, and let's, wonderful. Let's, <laughs> let, let, now let's go. So what, what's the game show? The game show they used to have the the whirlwind of money. Oh yeah. This is our this is our ticket out of this place. This is our ticket out of here. Our ticket out is to do you do the big the big whirling thing. You know they start grabbing for that money and all of a sudden the dog dirt comes in flying around and they're grabbing for the dollar bills, yeah. hundred dollar uh, bill, and that stops hitting them in the face. Oh. Sounds like a, a Japanese literal, game show from the yeah. 80s. Yeah, it's a literal <laughs> shit, shit story. All right, we're two minutes past oh, time. Okay. We gotta go. Got Thanks excited. for listening. Hope you have a great day. Sayonara. Sayonara.